Hello and welcome to episode number 235 of the Pandemic Podcast. I am Brad Dowdy, once again playing role of host and once again calling in favors of all my good friends to come and join me while Mr. Hurley is away. We have another Mike this week. I am joined by Mike Dudek from the Clicky Post and Dudek Modern Goods. Hello, Mike. Hey, what's up, buddy? How you doing? (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for filling in on short notice here. You know, um, Mr. Hurley is a big shot now, so he can just do whatever he wants, apparently. But heaven forbid I don't show up one day, right? Yeah, he, he gets all this uh, special treatment for moving or whatever he's doing, right? No, right. it's my pleasure, man. Thanks for thanks for inviting me to co-host with you. Yeah, it's been too long. Um, I, I didn't even look back at which episode it's been. You've been on a couple times, but it has been a while, so I'm glad to get you back on. And plus, after last week's Mike and Mike debacle, I can still stick with Mike, <laughs> but I just have one to worry about this week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll keep it easy. Yeah, so there's a few things we are going to cover today. I asked um, the slackers and the Twitterers, you know, that I told them you were coming on and asked for questions for us. And we got a lot of questions about business, you know, you running your business at Dudek Modern Goods and me running Knock and the mm-hmm. Panatic and stuff. So we're going to cover a lot of those topics. I also got um, a bunch of Kickstarter questions because you are really good at uh, getting in and reviewing, you know, kind of what's new and hot on Kickstarter. So I kind of thought we'd start there, but I want to start with a pin that I have never seen before in my life (laughs) that you just put on Instagram and you said you got it on Kickstarter and I about fell out of my chair. So tell me what this pin is and I'm going to have this link in the show notes, but I'm going to let you do the description of it, but y'all can go check it out. Oh yeah, you bet, man. Yeah. So Anyway, like totally, Kickstarter seems to be in kind of a peak right now. Like I don't yep. know with with pens, like it there's it seems like it goes in these ebbs and flows, but like right now, uh, it just seems that like it, Kickstarter pens are like all over the place. At you know, so anyway, um, I don't know with Kickstarter, it's really interesting. Maybe before heading into what this pen is. Um, I don't know, kind of thinking about like maybe maybe referencing a couple like another Kickstarter pen, and this mm-hmm. is not definitely to like throw a throw a pen under the bus or anything like that. But oh, um, I'm good. You let me. Yeah. That's my gig. <laughs> you don't have to do that. Just tell me to do it, yeah. and then we're good. Yeah, it's well, it's there. There are times and instances where you know, hopefully, the Kickstarter project works out. And uh, there are times when it doesn't really work out super well or maybe as it goes to plan. You know, you, you know, being a Kickstarter guy, like right. sometimes delays can happen or, you know, unfortunately with some of them, like they just sort of disappear or they go uh, completely dark forever. Well, mm-hmm. um, this pen is, is one of those. So I like just to preface, like I just got this pen in the mail um, about two weeks ago and I but I backed the project in I think it was June of 2014. <laughs> so we're talking, yeah, you I know. See. Well, no, I, no, 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 no. I see estimated deliveries oh, are yeah. June 2014. So oh, that's when true. Did this thing launched. So it might have been like January or something like yeah. that. Like literally, yeah. literally crazy, right? So this right. pen uh, is called the Na. It's like N A, but the A has a little sort of circle over it. It's a Norwegian mm-hmm. uh, maker. And what it is, is it's this really wild, uh, like bolt action is kind of what I would call it, but it's like a mm-hmm. two-sided bolt action. So it has in the middle, this little lever type thing that goes in the middle, it's spring-loaded on both sides and one side opens, 
you push it, it opens and it, and it, it extends a Fisher space pen. And then the other side extends a stylus tip. So it's this kind of like back and forth, like analog, digital, like we all know what we think about stylus pens, right? right like, right. I mean, they're usually pretty, pretty much worthless. And I, honestly, I don't really think that I'm going to probably use the stylus pen on this, but mm-hmm. um, I just thought the design of it was so interesting that I'm like, yeah, I'll throw, throw a couple bucks at it. But <laughs> so anyway, so like this pen, you know, I backed it probably literally we're going on, you know, we're, two over we're pushing three years, almost three years on this pen. And, you know, initially things seemed to be humming, things seemed to be going good. Uh, the maker, though, like, um, you know, I, I don't know. Again, this is where it's like you don't really want to throw, like, Kickstarter projects necessarily under the bus. Because, like, there's lots of, lots of things that happen. Um, you know, I'll call out the, uh, the Apollo pen, you know, right. as, as another one that had a lot of hype and maybe a lot of um, excitement around it. And then things just really, really went south. Well, with this one... Uh, the the creator of it, you know, things he was kind of given some updates randomly, randomly, you know, things are okay, things are in production, you know, and then like literally it would go dark for like six months at a time, and so mm-hmm. uh, if you ever go look at the comments, it's it's usually not a very pretty place at that point, you know, <laughs> but uh, you know this guy, like I, I have to give him some serious props and some serious credit because I mean I, I don't think the project's not even that big. You know, I mean, it's like from a Kickstarter pen standpoint, you know, 32,000 bucks was what he backed or what, you know, what the pledges got to him. Right. And, you know, three years later, if you're running into that type of delay or that type of manufacturing issues or shipping issues or whatever it is, like this would be something I would think very reasonably somebody could just walk away from. You know, yeah, you gotta. And, at some point, you're throwing operation shutdown on this thing. Oh right? yeah, yeah. And so like I like this is one of those instances where I'm like, okay, like a year in, two years in, whatever. I'm like, I will. I, I'm not really holding on. You know, I'm not losing sleep over this thing uh, coming to me or not. And so, but sure enough, like, you know, the thing <laughs> shows up literally in the mail, and I'm like, what the heck is this? You know. And then I pull it out, and I'm like, holy crap! Like the the dude <laughs> like. He just went for it, you know, and I don't know if he had to put a bunch of his own money into it or whatever, but it's just like for all the all the the grief and the comments and like just it, it could be so easy for someone just to bail on this. But, you know, I give the guy some serious uh, props and commendation to just like sticking through it, you know, nearly three years in. Um, but anyway, yeah, super, super weird, super random. But I, I just thought it was such a clever design. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I knew, like I just got to back one of these, and so when are the, it came, spring, I was are the pretty... springs exposed? Is that what I'm looking at in this picture? Yeah, so like you can see inside, like the bolt mechanism. So there's mm-hmm. these big long springs in there, and then inside are these like brass tubes, you know, that hook into it and stuff. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Like what I, what I'll do is I'll I'll uh, I'll try and commit to putting a video together for okay. a review on the Clicky Post, um, just just to kind of get get some more. I. I if you are in love with this pen after seeing it, I would say like just go take a cold shower because like <laughs> <laughs> there is a strong likelihood that this is not gonna ever come into production. So mm-hmm. anyway, it's just it's one of those weird oddities of Kickstarter that ended up sort of coming about. But yeah, speaking of weird oddities, did you get that sweet uh, camera strap for your notebook holder? Uh, you know, I think I actually passed on the sweet <laughs> camera strap. That is one thing yeah. I cannot pull off. I'm oh, going to no go way. on record here yeah. and saying I, that's not a look I can pull off right no. there. 
It's not a very big notebook either. Let's just no, say. No, no. So yeah. this was kind of impressive. I did check the most recent comments and he says, we're done. Like everything shipped. Yeah. Uh, November 11th. Um, book it. The knot pen <laughs> is in the books, <laughs> which I, you know, I, I'm kind of glad I missed this one on when it launched because I probably would have backed it as well. It's just weird enough mm-hmm. to merit throwing some money at. Um, it, it's kind of kind of crazy. So um, this next one, there's a couple current Kickstarters I want to talk about. Actually, what mm-hmm. I have three of them on here. First one is pretty straightforward, and it's from someone who's run successful Kickstarter campaigns, and it's from someone who I have purchased pins before, and that's uh, uh, Enso, and mm-hmm. they have done some high-tech C barrels, which I very much enjoy. I just got my last pledge in... Um, gosh, only a couple weeks ago from their one they ran in the summertime. And they turn right back around and have launched the, I'm going to go with Puma. Is, uh, is that what we're thinking here? Probably as good a guess as mine. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yep. it's the super minimal titanium brass and aluminum fountain pen. And before mm-hmm. I get your thoughts, I would like to say full disclosure. And so is um, a blog advertiser. Um, he currently has an advertisement on my blog, The Pen Addict, and is sponsoring a week later this month. So I just wanted to throw that out there as I believe I should. So mm-hmm. anyway, tell me what you think about this pen. Uh, I think it's uh, – well, they they did the, the Enso pen, I think is what it was called, right, for over mm-hmm. the summer. And they, they sent uh, – they were kind enough to send me one of the, the pens for review earlier. So, um, you know, they do good work. It, you know, it seems like that it uh, – it was the quality of it was was good. I think mm-hmm. um, from a from like a thoughts and look on this, um, I I think it's like super clean, mm-hmm. you know, and they definitely are right, like super minimal fountain pen. Mm-hmm. Um, but but we did this four years ago, it, right? Yeah, that's right. that's what I'm kind of feeling. Is like I think it's cool, you know, and it's I exactly. think it's a sleek looking pen. Um, I think you know somebody would enjoy owning one like but but is it is it anything like that hasn't already uh kind of already really been done before you know right Um, so that's that's the me and you mm -hmm. problem right Mm -hmm. that's what we look at this and we say well it looks exactly like the nova or whatever you know five other pens that look like this yeah yeah um but there's always new customers Mm -hmm. coming to kickstarter Mm -hmm. it's not always you know the pen community or the pen addict community that's um you know, dropping money on a pin like this. And so one thing I will give him credit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the uh, gentleman's name is Carlo or Carlos. I, I can't remember. I, Enzo is the, the company name. Um, their pricing is really good. Um, oh yeah. For, for what they offer, they always do. Um, they always have a very fair pricing. And I even, I went um, off of my uh, usual all black or titanium. And I actually went for the brass one of this. I did back this, um, project oh sweet man yeah i mean 60 bucks or i think mine was 55 i think for yeah they're 50 like i think right here they have this well this the super early bird is gone but uh yeah so i did 55 early bird brass i mean a brass barrel fountain pen that's a great price so that's really good that's a style i like okay it's it's not groundbreaking by any Mm -hmm. stretch but um we'll see what it see what it's like and i'll i'll you know try the brass one out so yeah it's it's gonna be heavy that's the thing yeah. is it's uh the brass looks like it's coming in over three ounces so i mean that's Ooh. gonna be pretty weighty in the in the in the hand although i don't yeah. i'm trying to see i don't think it posts 
I certainly I don't see how it can. I don't. That, yeah, I don't um, think it posts. Right? In, the yeah. InDesign does not look yeah. like it would facilitate that. At no, all. The, nope. The Sometimes you can be surprised. Like I don't know. Like they, know. the way they design that, like it could just stick on there. But yeah. um yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a clean it's not, looking pen. Like it's and, not like uh, I'd want those brass one posted anyway. No, no. One thing like with with kind of pen designs like this, and I think the uh, the Nova folks like. Um, I, I don't know. And maybe this is like round, this will be like round three for Enso, you know, but like mm-hmm. doing a similar design like this, it seems like come out with the fountain pen version and then come back, you know, six months later and do the rollerball version, which, you know, is yeah. pretty cool. Like I, I kind of like when, when companies, you know, find a design that works and then offer yeah. some different options in it. Cause um, I mean, personally, like, I think a small pocketable like rollerball or ballpoint in this sort of style or design would be pretty sweet. Like yep. personally. But. Yeah, I'm with you there. And uh what's funny is his original designs are way more off the wall than mm-hmm. they, this is what you and I would consider super traditional mm-hmm. for like a Kickstarter metal Kickstarter fountain pen. Yeah. Yeah. So all right. I'm gonna blow your mind on this next one. Um <laughs> I just got an email from uh, a reader said did you see this and i said nope <laughs> and oh my god what is this thing so this is uh i'm gonna go with rock it's spelled r-o-h-k um it's a bolt action pen but it's unlike any bolt action pen you have ever seen in your life if anything it reminds me of the um tombow air press in kind yep. of a g- general shape totally. and plastic barrel um but they go all out in the marketing of this pen as like um very edc with like you know it's got the right grip dimensions you know Mm -hmm. for when you need to stab someone in the neck kind of thing but it's a (laughs) it's a short pen right but um they're going super tactical on this and um what what do you what do you think about this pen it's kind of wild and uh again captain full disclosure over here um i am getting one of these from uh, I reached out to them and said this oh, pen is awesome, insane, dude. I need yeah. one, and yeah. he uh, he emailed me right away. He said, "Yeah, absolutely, I'll send you one to check out." So I'll definitely have more on this pen when I get it because it's that weird. Um, if this works, it's pretty cool. Now this yeah. pen, it's not exactly cheap. Like this is like just looking at it and looking mm-hmm. at the Kickstarter pen market as a whole. Like you and I can kind of say, fair price, cheap, overpriced. Mm-hmm. A lot of engineering obviously went in this. It seems expensive to me. Yeah, like when I look at this thing, it reminds me of like, I don't know. It, it kind of seems like 80s, like but 80s like Russian, yeah. Russian, Soviet sort of missile. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's pretty intense. Like it would be like something that would be in like some either Chuck Norris or Steven Seagal or like Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. <laughs> um, it's yeah, they, they definitely like don't, they, they, they pulled out all the stops with regard to kind of the marketing side of it. And yeah. um, let me, let me share some of those uh, yeah. highlights real quick. Cause they're pretty amazing. <laughs> Rim edge on end cap for quick grab from pocket thumb dish for confident hammer fist grip. <laughs> three millimeter wall thickness for unbeatable crush strength so yeah this is and this it, it doesn't stop like Dude. it literally does not stop there's like 20 bullet points you <laughs> on throw, this. this is Rifle pretty inspired much, bolt action mechanism it's it does not stop it's awesome it's pretty much like an action movie like mm-hmm. a blow-up action movie like put into a pen so if that's yeah. your jam 
uh, this would be as well your jam. So I'm uh, totally getting this though. It's uh, I, because I, I'm shocked that it it's that's good, awesome. Uh, to be quite honest with you, yeah. I, for that price, I'm gonna be like stunned that it's like legitimately good. Mostly from the bolt. The bolt um, seems like the um, most interesting part to me. Like, is this really gonna work? Well, that, like part of me thought, is it like, is it, I mean, it's obviously probably molded, but like part of mm-hmm. me almost thought like, is this thing like 3D printed? Like, right. ha, you know, it kind of has that sort of feel to it. Like mm-hmm. maybe these initial prototypes could be like, it even has a little bit like in some of the close-ups, a little bit of texture. So I don't know, right. man, like it's, and you it's, can see some of the seaming. Yep. Like it's, it's pretty crazy. Like from a, from a price standpoint, like you're saying, like, is it, is it like cheap, um, it's uh, I mean, it's it's an it's an Aussie, right? Australian, yeah. uh, Australian some, project, and so some of the early early bird kind of ones or limited ones are like thirty bucks, you know, thirty to thirty five dollars, and so that's not bad. That's not yeah, bad. I, I guess I was looking at the full regular price. I think it was like sixty, or maybe I was oh, looking yeah. at a com- maybe I was looking at a combo meal. Yeah, one. like it was like by five, so. Okay, so yeah, you can get yeah. thirty-one. Okay, that's more reasonable. I was thinking mm-hmm. like fifty or sixty. Okay, like thirty bucks. Okay, I'm I'm down with that. You know, especially you know when you have things like reinforced runners for maximum impact strength. <laughs> I, I think I think twenty bullet points. I think I was selling it short. There might be closer to thirty. Yeah, it's just nonstop. Well, so this is interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like uh, I I give them like I, I think it's pretty sweet that they're. You know, they, they like go out with like an idea like this. Like this seems like one of those ideas that's like, eh, should we? You know, right. but like they just they're like, we're going all in on this. So, yeah, right. this pretty- is one I want to support because it is so out there. It's not yeah. what you see all the time. Yeah. And this is one that if it does get like any kind of press at all and gets successful, you'll end up seeing it like on all the tactical shops. Mm-hmm. It'll like that market will just yep. eat this up if it's um if it's good. So hopefully it is. So I, I can't wait to try this. It's, I, I kinda, I was like, am I really on Kickstarter? Is this like the onion of Kickstarter? Like when I first saw this, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's a real pen and it's, it's kind of amazing. Yeah. It's awesome. All right. This next one, I have some things to say about, which means I need to let you talk first. Oh, dear. So, we just got this uh, tweeted to us like a couple hours ago, and I was telling you before the show, I was like, I keep adding things to the list. This was mm-hmm. one of them because I was not aware of it. This is called the Everlast Notebook. Did you get a chance to look at this, or were you familiar with it already? You know, I hadn't. I hadn't actually seen it before. No. Mm-hmm. So, like when you sent it over to me, that was like the first. Um, yeah, the first time I'd run run across it. So. Yes. Yeah, so let me give you the background here. So the first thing I did was, was watch the video, which was kind of interesting, interesting dudes behind this. Mm-hmm. And the premise of this book is that the paper that's air quote paper is like this polyesterish type material. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you write on that paper with a pilot friction. Yep. That reaction does not allow that ink in the friction does not get into that paper but it absorbs it enough to where you can run your hand over it and it doesn't smear it and then to erase it which is the everlast part of this you just get like a wet rag and wipe it off like you would a whiteboard so Mm -hmm. it's a little stronger i guess the ink on the page is more is stronger than a whiteboard but you can erase it with water 
um, then it also ties into their app, right? So they have the Rocketbook app and it goes into like you can scan it and upload it like any other I- attempted iCloud notebook things, mm-hmm. you know, cloud, um, you know, G Drive, Dropbox, Box, anything you want to upload these scans to, you can through their app. So what are your what are your thoughts on this? Because I have many. You know, I, I I don't mind when people are you know clever about stuff, you know, and they I don't know trying to do something interesting or something new. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I try and look. I, I I don't know when I see this type of stuff. Like I don't know. I try and look a little bit past like the actual practicality of the product and think mm-hmm. like, okay, ultimately from a business decision, like what's the play here? You know, is right. it, is it the, is the notebook the thing or is eventually it's going to be like the app and then connectivity of the app to other platforms or other apps, you know, like, I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, it's really hard yeah. for me to really kind of put, put words around what I think about it. I, I think it's cool. You know, yeah. I, I don't like the idea that, you know, it, it, right. it works generally with like one kind of pen, you know, that's a um, huge, huge issue for me, but we'll talk yeah. about that. Yeah. Go ahead. So for, first of all, $300,000 in like a few mm-hmm. days is insane. Mm-hmm. Second of all, when I watched the video, they released a previous Kickstarter um, called the Wave Notebook, which I remember coming out. What I didn't remember at the time was that it too required the Pilot Fiction to u- friction to use because they touted it as the world's first microwavable, oh. <laughs> erasable notebook. <laughs> right. Yep. The notebook had nothing to do with that, as we well know. Mm-hmm. Right. It's mm-hmm. the thermosensitive ink that the Pilot Friction uses. So number one, I can't believe Pilot didn't have a conniption over right. that project. Yeah. Um, number two you're buying into a project that's totally pimped in on a product that you have no control over. Mm -hmm. What if they change the formulation? What if they discontinue it? All these things like from a businessman's mind, it makes me, I would freak out, but I guess they don't care once they collect and deliver right from Kickstarter. Like, is it a long-term project? I don't know. Yeah, It's like, I would, I wouldn't use this even if, I mean, app part you know cloud part like totally discounting that i would have no use for the notebook anyway Mm -hmm. like i wouldn't that's not something that appeals to me but man we're like almost up to five thousand backers on this thing it's kind of crazy a lot of people are digging this and they they dig the microwavable notebook which was i mean that's this one i can't claim this but the last one seems like completely false advertising well because then like my thought with and i think i remember you and mike talking about that that microwavable one particularly with the pilot friction like what if you live on the east coast you know or the the upper i mean i'm in the desert so it doesn't get extremely cold here but Mm -hmm. like the the idea behind the pilot friction is that when the ink heats up it goes away but then when it gets cold it can come back you know so it's like that idea of like well you leave it in your car uh you're gonna have a full-on notebook you know with uh with a bunch of words in it um i don't know like maybe can i maybe like from a devil's advocate sort of standpoint with with something like this like the idea of it being maybe a short-term type of thing i don't know what what maybe is the bothersome thing is that it's like trying to blend analog like physically blend analog and digital together you know Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. 
kind of like you're saying, like the short term nature of maybe if pilot decides to discontinue the friction, like it's one of those things that like, okay, maybe in five years, if the friction goes away, is this, you know, is this notebook that I paid, you know, 30 bucks for useless now? Right. Um, with, with like, I don't know, thinking about sort of the demographic of, of, uh, technology users and people that care about technology, like something like the iPhone or, you know, the newest iPad or, um, you know, the Apple watch or something like that. Like that's really technology that's designed to go away and, mm-hmm. you know, within like a cycle, but because it's analog, is it like, well, that's annoying, you know, because <laughs> I want it to be, uh, I want it to stay, you know, forever. I want to be able to use it forever. So I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 interesting, well, but it's called the Everlast Notebook, so it's clearly not going anywhere tr- <laughs> until the friction goes away, and then you know, whatever. <laughs> then, so these guys have made a mint off of a product that's not theirs, yep. which is kind of fascinating. Yeah, kind of fascinating to me. So, all right, one more, and then. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll take a break and I need a drink. You know, this is different, you know, me getting into podcasts at seven o'clock at night, East coast time. So I don't know when this is going to get released, but we're actually recording this on Monday night. So if anything, any hot stationary news breaks <laughs> later this week, <laughs> um, we're not going to be able to cover it. But, um, this was the, the most emailed product and the most linked product. Mike, have you seen the Axie draw V3? Yeah. Did you get links and emails on this thing? Yep. I did see this. Yeah, this looks. I mean, I hate to say it, it looks legit. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> which it kind of creeps me out that this looks so good. Like, I'm really impressed with this thing. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's it's pretty sweet. Like, I think some of the application that this. So anyway, like the back background of this, right? Is it's is it's in essence like a desktop uh, CNC for a pen. Right or a fountain pen or yeah. you know so it's like you program in what you know you want it to draw or what you want it to say and then based on you know the the programming it'll draw what you want so it'll write you know it'll write out your addresses on your Christmas cards for you or whatever <laughs> right so there there's applications of it that like I, I think it's cool you know um, I'm just again trying to see like the application of it for like the standard person um, right. Like, what would be the benefit of using a tool like this to do, say, graphic art or, Mm -hmm. you know, something like that, where rather than me just doing a print of a piece of artwork, I could do an original technically with, you know, this tool so I could program it within the computer. But some of the applications of like it drawing your label on your, you know, priority mail. Like (laughs) I am kind of like, you know, it's like a $500 label writer. Like, and that to me just doesn't seem like super practical, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you wanted to do calligraphy or something like that, like, I mean, I could see some of those, like maybe more of a, in a professional or uh, commercial applications versus say like, you know, your normal kind of, normal consumer like to me i'm not sure if i would see it as like as super practical but it's neat like nonetheless yeah yeah i definitely see it more as a commercial application for like um you know the stationary shops who are like the invitation Mm -hmm. shops yep um because these invitations came out really nice you can probably program that you know whatever you need and have them like the next day type of thing or very short turnaround i imagine once you get the hang of this thing Mm -hmm. um i was impressed with the appeared softness of how it used a fountain pen Mm -hmm. 
like it kept it at a really low angle and seemed to be very tame with it where the like the gel and rollerball pins are like very vertical and the fountain pen is you know at a gosh it's really low like a 30 degree angle um and the output seemed extraordinarily nice it looks like the uh the kind of little mechanism that holds the pen is Mm -hmm. like adjustable you know based on like Mm -hmm. it's got a little knob that you can unscrew and then put your pen in and then um it looks like it's on like a swivel for you to be able to tighten tighten it down but i mean it's it's cool like i'm not gonna lie this thing is is super (laughs) neat and it was actually cheaper than i thought it would be yeah you know i thought it might be like twice as much but i mean it's 475 dollars, so it's not inexpensive but like you see these like when the all the 3d printers came out they were thousands of dollars oh yeah yep well the only thing though is is if you're paying somebody to handwrite your christmas cards for you your holiday Mm -hmm. cards for you uh, you may want to yeah. inquire whether they're using an axi drop, but actually, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that doesn't matter. You know, if that's out- a new business, if, right? If the output's the same, you know, and uh, you know, we we might even get into some of that, like both of us being, you know, manufacturers of production goods. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, automation sometimes, uh, if done well and, and mixed in well enough, can actually be uh, a way to kind of grow things or make things happen faster. But anyway. Yeah, you know, you know one company that is growing by leaps and bounds, Mike. Mm-hmm. That's Harry's. Are you familiar with Harry's? <laughs> I am, man. Yeah, Harry's well, is this, great. This episode, believe it or not, of the Pen Attic is brought to you by Harry's. The holiday season's upon us. We all know how difficult gift shopping can be. Well, Harry's is here to make it a little bit easier. Sometimes the best gifts are the ones that are thoughtful and practical, and that's what Harry's is all about. For this holiday season, why not buy a loved one a Harry's set? I talk about them all the time. I've got them stacked up here. I give them away, give them to my parents, my in-laws. They love them. And the best part about them is to give one to someone, the sets just start at $15. The Winston set, it includes a chrome handle, which you can even have engraved for a little extra personal touch. And they believe so much in the quality of their razors that they guarantee their quality. They'll give you a full refund if you're not happy. The blades are smooth. They're comfortable. They last a wonderfully long time. The handles are really cool looking. There's some neat colors. Uh, I've used orange and blue and olive. They they're look great. They're great to hold. And it's a great value for the money. I mean, this is that's what got me into Harry's originally was, wow, this looks like a great price. And then on top of it, it's an even better product. I mean, it's a complete win-win. So go to harrys.com right now. Enter the code PENADDICT at checkout to get $5 off your order. Ground shipping for the holidays ends on December 16th, so act now. Go to harrys.com, that's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com. Use the code PENATTIC, get $5 off your order. Thanks to Harry's for supporting this show in Relay FM. Mr. Dudek, your baby face, you don't have to shave like once a <laughs> month, right? I mean, you are a young-looking dude, if I must say so myself. Well, thanks, buddy. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you still get carded? Man, all the time. I'm like... <laughs> Yeah. No, I, yeah, that's the thing is like, I, I hang out with, it seems like lots of my, my friends are very, uh, bearded mm-hmm. folks and myself. I am definitely, uh, I keep it clean shaven primarily right. due to the, uh, the misses, you know, yeah. she likes yeah. that. She but. likes it. <laughs> you're, you're a baby faced assassin. Yep. yep. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of baby faced assassins, our good friend, Andy Welfley of 
with clenched and erasable fame just launched a new zine he's calling it a companion to the erasable podcast it's called mm-hmm. plumbago which uh, when he launched the i just saw this this afternoon and i saw that name i was like why do i know that what is, what is plumbago and you know why does that register with me well andy has a good post about how that name came about and i won't spoil it you'll read it we'll have a link in the show notes to it but i love this idea he's put together a zine i love zines i was a huge into the music zine scene in the 90s and you know andy has um done a really really cool thing here and it's got some articles and artwork for some of our favorite people like Caroline and Caitlin from CW Pencils and Harry Marks and and um, Anna Reiner and uh, Toffer and Elaine and from Owl Inc. and just all kinds of people you know putting together this zine and uh, it's a really cool thing and best of all is all the profits and all the proceeds are going to the Oakland Fire Department Relief Fund, which they just had that big, uh, huge mm-hmm. ghost ship warehouse fire um, in Oakland, and also to Girls to Women, which is a East Palo Alto-based nonprofit empowering girls and young women. So $5 for the first issue. All the proceeds go to wonderful cherries, charities. Um, this is like a complete no-brainer for me. I've already ordered, and uh, you should too. So we'll have the link in the show notes. I thought that was cool. That's super cool. Yeah, yeah. So... um you know, if we came up with our own zine, it would probably be called what's your favorite pen? Because that seems to be the question we always get. Uh, at least I do in my <laughs> inbox. What pen are you using right now? What's your favorite pen? What's your favorite paper? Um, what are your top five? What are your top three? So I don't necessarily want to do like a specific hard top. What are your top five pens? But we got asked this question a lot. You know, people want to know what our guests are using. Mm-hmm. So can you give me an example of kind of maybe two or three things that you're using recently doesn't necessarily even have to be a pen. It could be paper or something else, but what are, what are the things you've been uh, really using a bunch recently? Yeah, I found myself, let's see, I don't know, as far as care, as far as what I've been carrying a lot. Well, anytime I have like a metal barreled pen that uh, takes like a, like a gel or a ballpoint or, you know, a G2 style or whatever, um, it's always filled with like the Pentel Energel, like mm-hmm. always, every time. Like it's it's my go-to kind of gel. Uh, I wish it, they kind of made a, uh, I don't know, a finer tip. But anyway, like one of the ones I've been carrying a lot recently is um, my, actually kind of a local guy to me, um, Chris Chris Williams of, it's, uh, I can never say the name right, but I think it's Adelia. Yeah, I'm not going to help you out and, with that one, but uh, I, I, know, I, I knew who we were going to say. <laughs> he's a yeah, good guy. He's a solid, solid guy. Really, really cool guy. Um, being close, we get to we get to kind of cross paths every once in a while and just, just kind of shoot the crap, you know. But mm-hmm. um, he, uh, one, one, like a pen that I've been using a ton recently is he came out with a uh, stainless steel model of his oh, nice. pen. Uh, so it's like, it's a little, like, you don't get the smell of the brass, but you get the weight you know, and so like just really slim, really uh, just a, just a just a solid. I, I don't know. I just I love kind of everything about that pen, um, just its simplicity. But yeah, with the Energel every time. Um, let's see some other ones that I've been using recently. Oddly enough, it's like I've been using um, pencils too. Like mm-hmm. like not not a ton, but I do use sort of the wood case pencils from time to time, mm-hmm. and. 
I've been breaking slowly into my stash of the uh, Blackwing 211s that came oh, out. Yeah. Those like wood, you know, the cedar looking wood ones. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I mean, dude, one, okay, sidebar on those, right? Like, <laughs> It's crazy, man. I think I, I think I bought like two or three boxes of them, so I got them just stashed. But then, like, have you seen how the price on those has just gone nuts? Like, yes. So think about that. Every time you sharpen it, you're like peeling off a two dollar. I know. Bill. Seriously, every time I sharpen, <laughs> like, yeah. no, my my literally, my wife came in to and uh, she was doing some calendaring stuff for something, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Hey, do you have a pencil I could borrow?" <laughs> and uh, and I'm like, "Yeah, I have. You know, I had my pen, one of my pen holders right there, pencil holders, and." She grabs a 211 and I give her mm. this like, you know, I give her this look like, hey, you probably should bring that back. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, I'm just kidding. So I'm like, you can have whatever you want. But uh, literally, yeah. So like seeing the dozens of those going for like a hundred dollars or something. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, and it's, I have to start getting those little tile uh, things that you put on to like track your lost <laughs> devices <laughs> in case your 211 doesn't come back. Yeah. You can like hunt it down. One of my kids just like hauls off and leaves with a box of them. And I'm like, that's coming out of your college fund right there. So are you, are you saying you have more than one box? I don't know if you want to say this publicly. I know, right? You'll get inundated. So Mike does not have more than one box. Uh, you know, I just I just sharpened the last one. So oh, yeah, that's too bad. Too bad. And then uh, kind of on like a simpler, uh, I, I have my vanishing point uh, with an architect from mm. Dan Smith from the Nib Smith. Absolutely. Uh, great, great grind. I love that. And then, like from like a doodling standpoint, like when I just like doodle or draw, I usually use the Papermate Flare, which yeah, is great, just yeah. a little felt tip, you know. But great for great for just kind of sketching and drawing up ideas. So that's a, that's like a good all around setup. Like it's like mm-hmm. one of each, you know. Of course it isn't, but it's like good. Like I like to have one of each, you know, a fountain pen, a regular pen, a pencil, and then like a marker type pen. Yep. Like that's a, kind of a perfect setup for me if I was carrying everything. Um, I've been carrying, and I'm going to start getting hate mail on this because I won't shut up, but it's the <laughs> the Aurora Optima. <laughs> I love yeah. that dang pen. I'm using it for uh, show notes tonight. It's the red uh, demonstrator one, mm-hmm. which is really a clear demonstrator. It's just got red finial, so they call it the red demonstrator. It's inked up with the uh, Waterman Mysterious Blue, and uh, I, I'm loving that. I carry in my pocket almost daily the Shone Design 01 um, in aluminum, black aluminum. It's... Uh, really small pocketable pen it's just the right weight it posts um it thread posts to a really really good length good balance takes fisher space pen refill i use that um at knock pretty much religiously that's kind of my go-to pocket pen did you see uh uh, oh sorry side note with that did you see the uh adapter that ian made no but i for some reason i'm seeming like i ran across you're gonna you're probably gonna freak out Okay. Yeah, no, just I prepare think, to freak out. So I think <laughs> the only person that buys more Kickstarter stuff than you and I is uh, our friend Brian Draghi, uh, Mr. Mm-hmm. Sketchscape. And I think maybe did he have a link from he did. Ian or something? Yeah. Okay. So what is do you, what is this again? Ian, uh, the, but like side note as well about that. Like that's a solid pen. Like one of yeah. my favorite like small pocketable EDCs. Like right. Like can't get really much better than than kind of something like that. But he. Uh, he designed an adapter to go into his pens that is, so this is a Fisher space pen, but it's an mm-hmm. adapter that takes a D one. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So you yeah, could yeah, throw yeah. in like those Charbo, you know, point yeah. fours or whatever <laughs> yeah. that you're crazy about, you know, that yeah, like get a good day out of them for $3. <laughs> I know that's, I didn't say it was cost effective, but, <laughs> but that's true. That's the first one I would put in there. Yep. You know it. Yeah. 
anyway, I interrupt. I interrupted you. So no, that's continue. that's really cool. No, those are those are right. Like I don't have too many fountain pens inked up right now. I have maybe like two or three if I'm not reviewing anything. But I'm I'm using the Optima religiously. Um, the Shone leaves the house with me um, nearly every day, and that's kind of it. And when I'm, I'm at my desk, I'm like you. I'm using uh, a lot of pencils. I just got the uh, the five thirty Blackwing. Um, the volumes release. I use the fifty six more, and then I probably use the uh, 602 more than any of them. So, um, you know, when I'm at my desk, I tend to tend to grab those pencils. So, so that's pretty cool. So one thing you didn't exactly mention that you're using is one of the things you're known for the Mm -hmm. most on your blog. And one of the reasons, um, you know, some of the hate laser beams coming from my eyeballs at you are for your, uh, wonderful Rotring and vintage pilot, collections and i guess the question is and this one's from brandon um have you completed your shopping for these various rotrings and pilots do you have more that you're trying to hunt down or are you kind of taking a break on all that stuff uh well it's you know if you've ever looked into the price of vintage <laughs> rotring and vintage pilots a lot of times it's like there's there's some there's some sticker shock there but well it's um, kind of your fault i'm just gonna lay it that well out there. you know i don't know if we if we track <laughs> market trends and you know now there was a time when like when rotring was 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 kind of the hot the hot topic on the blog and like mm-hmm. i mean i'm not going to take credit that they like doubled in price you know yeah. but <laughs> but hey you know we, we all have to make we all have to make an impact on the world somewhere, you know. And uh, as far as the rotring goes, um, I wouldn't say that I'm like in in probably collection mode on the rotring side of things. I've I've tried pretty much everything, and I've owned at least probably one of everything at some given time. But what I have been doing is one of my favorite rotring pens is just their standard. Um, well, discontinued now, but like they're uh, the older ballpoints, the knurled mm-hmm. ballpoints. You know, they're think okay. of like the current Rotring 600 pencils in the okay. you know, that kind of that super classic style, but like it's a ballpoint. Okay, instead. so it has a it's a knock ballpoint, not a capped. Yep. Okay, yep. cool. Yep, and so they're though, and they're knurled like the yep. pencil. Totally, yeah. And so oh, they're cool. one of my like absolute favorite, favorite, favorite pens, and so. Um, not that I need more of them, but I'm always like on the hunt for a good deal on one. So maybe I'm yeah. like stockpiling for, you know, when the world ends and I'm sure. never going to be without my road ring, but, or it's um, currency. Yeah. If you, if like you, if, if, you know, obviously listen to this, if you want something like that, uh, but don't want to spend, you know, road ring kind of money, the, uh, the recommendation I would make is maybe to give the retro 51 hexomatic a try. Like they give, they pay some serious homage to, uh, the 600s in that pen and uh it's it's a it, it feels great you know but it runs about the same price as like a rotring pencil you know 30 bucks it's a good yeah. sort of alternate for that yeah and that's a um, flat out cool cool pen and i believe the one i have you sent to me i think you're right yeah I think you're right thank you that sits in uh this weird little walnut block i have on my desk <laughs> <laughs> which we might talk about here in a minute <laughs> But before we do, I, I want to talk about our good friends at Squarespace, which I'm a Squarespace customer. Knock uses Squarespace. And I know you, Mr. Dudek, you're a Squarespace customer as well, right? Yep, for both uh, both my websites. Yep. Yeah, so th- they make it easy, I mean, to write a blog, to shop. Um, 
and they're a sponsor of this show. So this episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the simplest way for anyone to create a beautiful landing page, website, or online store. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter the offer code INC at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. They have easy-to-use tools and templates. Squarespace helps you capture every detail of what drives you because if it's worth the effort, it's worth sharing with the world. You can build professional-looking sites regardless of skill level. I have no skills. My sites look kind of professional, and that's all because of Squarespace makes it so. You'll be easily able to make your website look and feel exactly how you want using their state-of-the-art technology to power your site and ensure security and stability. They're trusted by millions of people and some of the biggest brands in the world. Their site templates are stunning, all of which feature responsive design, so my sites look just as great on your desktop, laptop, or mobile device. And they're just getting started, so they're continuing to grow, always instituting new features. They currently have 24-7 support with live chat and email, with teams located in New York, Dublin, and Portland, always there to help you. They have a wonderful commerce platform you can add a store. You can have a full-on storefront like Mike and I do, you know, me with Knock, Mike with Dudek Modern Goods, or you can drop a page into your blog like I do with the Pen Addict and just have a shop tied into their commerce platform like that. If you sign up for a year, you also get a free domain name, allowing you to choose exactly what you want your site to be called. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month. Start a trial with no credit required and start building your website today by going to squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code INC to get 10% off your first purchase to show your support for the Pen Act. Thank you to Squarespace for your support of this show and all of Real FM. Big fan of Squarespace. All right. So let's hit, everyone's going, are you going to talk about your businesses yet? Because they, they, they actually really enjoy that talk, which surprises <laughs> me, but I like talking about it. But we're not yet because I have a few more Ask TPA questions that we got in from the listeners that I want to be sure to hit. So Julia asked, and this is, I put this here because it's kind of in relation to your conversation about collecting Rotring's mm-hmm. pilots. Julia asked, do you have a system for keeping ink pens down to a certain number? What is your magic number? I've just this year be- gone beyond a number of pens. I can have inked at once, so I had to devise my own system. So what's kind of your magic number for inked fountain pens? Do you have one? And is there any rules that you live by? There's not really any any rules, I would say. Uh, it's just like when I get to a point where I start to like worry. <laughs> it's like I don't know. I hit this. I hit this like threshold of where it's like, okay, well, I have you know ten pens inked up. I probably should do something about this. Um, and I and like admittedly, I put it off as long as I can. Like I really, yeah. it's just like it's not that difficult to to clean fountain pens, but I just. It's just one of those things. It's like, right. I got to do it, you know? But yeah, and uh, then as soon as you clean it, you miss that ink you cleaned out or that nib you yeah. were using. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I'd probably say I keep nowadays, you know, probably something like seven or eight inked at any given time. But I don't have like a system, I'd say, as far as like, you know, one in, one out, anything like that. But yeah. I don't have a one in, one out system, but I do kind of have, I try to keep a max. And I try to keep it at six because that's totally self-serving what a brass town fits. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our Notco cases fits six pens mm-hmm. and I can fit like other pens in the pocket too. Like if I want to carry, you know, a felt tip pen or ballpoint or gel, I can throw that in there. When I start having pens outside of that case and like laying on my desk 
and then they get to be like too many, like mm-hmm. only have six kind of fountain pen slots in that case. And then all of a sudden I have like three or four more on my desk. So like I'm up to that 10 number. That's, that's my panic level too. I'm like, this is too much. I'm never going to use all these. Let's start cleaning and kind of get this number back down. So mm-hmm. I'm with you on the quantity. I can't ever have like 30 or 40 fountain pens. Oh, no way. Like I know some people do. No way. Yeah, no way. So um, the smaller, the better. I've tried to do three and that just doesn't work with the way the things I enjoy writing. I also sometimes include the review pens I'm carrying like for months at a time. Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of give those a pass, right? They don't necessarily count in the six, but they just end up pushing other things out of my cases and then it gets to be a problem. So they kind of do so. Well, you have to clean them still, you know, that's the thing. And so it's like, that's, I, it's for me, it's like, do I have to go clean this later? Like that's the kind of thing, you know? And so with, with the, yeah, definitely the pens that come through the, uh, uh, you know, reviews and stuff. Yeah. It, it kind of fits a little different. They may not be like my daily carry stuff that I do, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. I'm right there with you. Totally. Yeah. So this next question is actually specifically for me, but I want your feedback on this and, there's someone out there that wants to know why do I hate red ink? Um, the reason why I hate red ink is because it reminds me of a guy named Joey Feldman who always <laughs> seems to use it in his artwork. Oh, wait, who was that? Oh, that question was from Joey. I read mm. that wrong. Mm. Oh, sorry, Joey. I, t- I take all of that back. I take back everything I said about you. Now, I, I don't hate red ink. I rarely have a use for it because I like orange ink and there's not a lot of differentiation that I get, even though there's so many dark reds and things that I know Joey likes and and things Mm -hmm. like that. Is there any ink that you have, Mike, that, you know, you know, it's like a thing like red and greens are mine that I know are things for people, but Mm -hmm. I rarely, if ever use them, do you have those colors? I have, uh, yeah, I have a a couple greens and I, and I had a couple reds and then a couple like, like kind of weird oranges, you know, Mm -hmm. like, uh, I don't know. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of like Noodler's Apache Sunset, you know, mm. which is just kind of like an interesting, <clears throat> but yeah, as far as like your normal everyday type of use, like, yeah, I, I uh, nothing, not, like I don't, I, I'm definitely more of like a blue, like a bright blue or like a blue black kind of guy, yeah. you know? Yeah. And uh, I, I understand like the, the red thing. I mean, it, you can get some really killer bright mm-hmm. reds. You can get some really dark, you know, interesting brownish reds that, you know, evoke like different feelings and different character on the paper. Um, it's just never been like a go-to thing. It's one of those where I always ink it up. I say, wow, this is really nice. And then I've dumped it before I've used a whole converter or piston of it. It just, you know, one of I those think- things. I think you and I just have like some scarring from grade school. Uh, yeah, lot, lots of red ink all over our papers. You know, <laughs> <laughs> mine's just mine's just nightmares about Joey Feldman. So. <laughs> all right, so this is a this is a very interesting question from a very intervention interesting uh, individual, Mr. Tony WTF. That's how I like to refer, refer to him, so he knows who he is. Um, what is the Dudek sanction method for positioning an idea doc? opening in the back or opening in the front so for those you don't know mike makes a product for us at knock and we're going to talk about this later um called the idea doc because we're huge index card fans so we have a note card we wanted something cool to put it on it's kind of a desk tool um so 
Mike and myself and Jeff collaborated on what's called the idea doc. So the, okay, I'm going to sell myself out right here. The backside of the dock mm -hmm. has a slot to keep your extra index cards while the front has a little slit on the top where you can post an index card up. I'll put a link in the show notes for anyone who hasn't seen it. Um, so what is your official positioning of the idea doc, Mike? Uh, it would, from a practical standpoint, I could see why people could go different ways with it. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. uh, from the design and do deck sanctioned position would be uh, the slot or the card holder in the back. Yeah. And the reason being is uh, the front of it, which again, we're, we're kind of giving away our opinions here. The front of it has <laughs> the <clears throat> has the knock uh, logo etched into the corner. And so mm -hmm. if it's turned around, then you don't get to see that. So That's there's right. there's kind of an intentionality of that. Um, but uh, yeah, so that would be it. It was designed originally to have the cards in the back. Yeah. So. But actually, after once people started getting them, they're like, I use it this way. I was like, yep. you know, that's pretty smart <laughs> because yep. you can get to the pen easier, you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie, on my desk, mine lives sideways, so I just blew all <laughs> that out of the water. It's because I get into the cards more than anything yep. in the pen slot, and I don't usually have one a card posted in the notch on the top. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm always reaching for the cards, so I just have it sideways so I don't have to turn around to get them because I don't think I could not function with it backwards. Like I would not be able to sit at my desk with the idea doc cards facing me. Mm -hmm. Like that would not work. I would have to turn it around or apparently sideways works for me too, but well, if it was, not all the if, way backwards. If it was just a card dispenser, mm -hmm. you know, I could see, I could see that, you know, right. as far as it being just like a place to grab the cards. But then, uh, since it's meant to be like a card stand, um, you know, with the stand showing towards you seems to make the most sense, you know, yes. as far as design. Yep. Yes, yes. So, Tony, you're doing it wrong. Sorry, Tony. <laughs> Actually, I don't, <laughs> I don't know uh, which way he goes, so he'll, he'll Which, let us Whichever know. way, Tony, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, sorry. All right, so this is a question I found interesting because I actually don't know where you're at even in this realm. So this is from Rez in the Slack room. He says, when it comes to one's first Urushi pen, what would you recommend? Nakaya, Danatrio, Carolina Pen Company, something else. Do you even own an Urushi pen? I actually don't. Okay, yet. that's so what I was is, thinking. This is all you, man. So I'm I'm in the same boat as far as uh, as far as Rez. So so yeah. this is this. I mean, this really not to be unfair to these other companies, but there is, to me, no other choice than Nakia. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I've held all these, I've owned all these. Um, I actually don't own a Carolina pen or Rushi, but I've, I've seen them at, um, at shows. I haven't, even the Dana Trio I have, there's something about the Nakia that is different. Um, and I don't know, maybe it's the story, maybe it's the, the, the romance of it that makes mm -hmm. it different. Yeah. Um, but it's different. It just is. Um, a lot of it is that nib too. The nibs are the best in the world and the Arushi colors are unlike any other companies. The artists that make these pens are, I'll just, I mean, it's an unfair statement, but they're more talented. Like the, I see the finish of mm. the pens and the artwork it's they're unparalleled you pay for that 
right? So it's extraordinarily expensive. It's a pen company that goes up, I don't know, 20% in their prices and people don't blink, you know, it's that good. They're legitimately good. Um, I would start there. And if you can't afford one, wait and get it. Like, don't try to placate yourself by going lower. Do the Nakaya first and then figure out if you want to try something else. My opinion, take it or leave it, but I'm, uh, I, I'm definitely on board there. So as someone who's not bought one yet, um, but has been, obviously it's been on the radar for a long time. You know, it's just a matter of, um, you know, I'm probably in the same, uh, same boat as Mike, you know, he's mm-hmm. had, he's had, uh, or Hurley, right. He's had right. the, <clears throat> he's had the opportunity for how many years to buy his first Arushi pen, you know, and he hasn't mm-hmm. yet. And so, but I, I would definitely say like when I decide to take the plunge on it, my first would be uh, kind of with that Nakaya brand. Yeah. And then potentially if it's, if it becomes something that I'm really fascinated and I want to look into other brands or makers, um, you know, and then obviously you have the funds to go buy, right? Right. <laughs> you know, these other, these other makers and pens, like, you know, it, it would be sort of start, yeah. Start with where the, the precedent is set yeah, and then you can kind of move uh, from there. Yeah. Right. Right. Like it. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better. So yeah, I think that's perfect. All right. So let's talk business. But uh, first I want to talk about one more wonderful sponsor of this show and this is an extremely interesting business to me and one I've supported since they started uh, I became aware of them because they sponsored this so they cost me money this episode is brought to you by Foot Cardigan so I have a few questions for you do you want to be known as the best gift giver in the whole wide world have you ever wished that the sock fairy would pay you a visit do you want your feet to be the envy of everyone you know do you want awesome socks delivered to your mailbox if the answer to any of these is yes, then Foot Cardigan is here to make it happen. And I mean, I think the answer to all of those questions is yes, Mike. I mean, Foot Cardigan delivers fun socks every month right to your doorstep. They ensure your feet never have to be seen out in public in plain white socks ever again. The best part, you don't have to choose what pair you get. Every month you get a surprise pair in the mail and surprises are the greatest. Starting at just $9 a month, foot cardigan socks are a fantastic holiday, birthday, or any day gift. Or you could just treat your own feet to a subscription. That's what I did. There's no shame in treating yourself. Foot cardigan has socks for men, women, and kids in a bunch of different styles. So if someone you know is more of a no-show kind of sock wearer, like me, maybe want a little luxury sock in your life, then foot cardigan's got your feet covered, quite literally. Go to footcardigan.com.now and get 10% off your order with the coupon code PEN. Once again, it's footcardigan.com, promo code PEN at checkout for 10% off any subscription. Thanks so much to Foot Cardigan for their support of this show and Relay FM. Big fan of this type of service. I, I'm... I'm I wouldn't say I'm a subscription junkie. Like I think there's like probably too much now. Like, but when they when someone does it right, like kind of fits your style and needs, like all in one, and it's a great price. Like my foot cardigan subscription was nine bucks a month for the no show subscription. I'm mm. like, that's pretty cool. I'll try this mm-hmm. out for six months and see what we got. And I got ten percent off by using the coupon code pen. So there's that. 
So we didn't think of the business uh, foot cardigan, but we thought of our own businesses, Mike, and we got a bunch of questions on that. So I'm going to kind of roll this up a l- kind of in two parts. One, let's just talk about businessy business stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll talk about more fun, how it, things get done stuff. So I don't want to, I don't want to short anyone who, who sent in questions. So I'm going to kind of say all of y'all's names now. So paper late, Jason, Claire, written and rice, um, Bell Rill, the Lou, uh, Theo Lou, um, all of y'all sit in kind of related to work stuff questions. So I'm going to kind of combine all of these questions and, and see what information we can pull out of Mike here. So <laughs> both you and I, this is a question from paper late. It says you and I make our living from pen stuff. Do you think the resurgence in fountain pen popularity is a fad or the market is here to stay? Both Dudex businesses and Knock have products outside of pen stuff. So is this diversification intentional on your part? And does it safeguard you from ups and downs in the pen market? So take that first part first. Do you think this is a resurgence or do you think it's here to stay? Well, I think the, uh, I guess there's a specific, uh, the question was about a resurgence in fountain pen popularity, which I feel is, is a bit, on the specific side, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know. I think my my thoughts around the idea of like fountain pens and analog and pencils, you know, stuff like that. Like, I think it, it's fair to take this question as analog as yeah. Whole. I would agree. Yeah, I would say like fountain maybe isn't 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 the only the only side of it, but <clears throat> like people actually. Uh, kind of give a darn about what they're writing with or what right. they're writing on, you know, and why is that? in today's market and I, I i feel that there's like we've been so overloaded by like digital screens and phones and you know always having to be connected from stuff like that like you kind of lose uh the idea of touch you know with things and i mean even though we have like touch screens and um you know keyboards and stuff like that it's like it's not the same like you 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 over time you start to not see your own hand uh, mm-hmm. And I mean that by like writing, you know, like short right. of if you're writing a check, which whoever does that anymore, right? Like it's, right. Um, so, you know, it's like there's there's a there's a personal element of the analog side of it that's like you being very connected to your thoughts, to, um, I don't know, there's, it's just like the tactile feel of it is something that's very, very personal. And I, I think that there's been a, there's been a lack of that in the last, you know, say 15, 15 to 20 years as mm-hmm. this computers, the internet, you know, all that stuff. So I, I don't know to say it's a fad. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I think it's like people are, are reaching for this um, because they're not finding it in the things that they're currently doing or the things that they're currently experiencing in their day to day. And so, I mean, is everybody on board with it? No, there's probably people that are like diehard, you know, pencils and pens should go away forever, you know, but mm-hmm. like, um, I don't know. Like, I, I don't foresee it really dying out. It might, it might slow, but um, yeah, I, I see it. I see it analog probably being here to stay for sure. Yeah. And I agree with that. And obviously we have, you know, bias towards that. You know, we obviously <laughs> want it to stay. We're going to do what we can to make it stay. But the facts are that businesses in this analog market continue to grow. They keep opening, they keep expanding. Um, you know, there's just more talk in general 
there's more, you know, just content being created around analog things um, with analog tools. Um, so I don't think it's a fad. It's also not a fast growth market, mm-hmm. you know, it's, but when the signs that you see, like I read an article a couple of weeks ago where the Japanese stationary market like added on like a billion dollars in revenue over the past year from a already huge market, like they're seeing growth in the market. You know, it's obviously not as big here in the States, but when you have businesses that were traditionally online opening brick and mortar stores, mm-hmm. there's something to that. Like, I think that's when you've gone beyond the fad stage and you're into the sustainability stage, right? So I think it's always going to be a thing. Um, I think it's going to continue to grow. Um, it's never going to be, you know, the computer or the iPhone <laughs> type mm-hmm. of stuff, but it's great. People are very interested in the stuff more and more every day. And I don't think it's going anywhere, not anytime soon, probably not in our lifetimes. Um, you know, until we're doing like full, like holographic and completely like, uh, <laughs> you know, transporting like, you know, from the holodeck to somewhere else, then maybe it's gone, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. Yep. So the the second part of that question was our businesses, you and I have products outside of pen stuff. So is this diversification intentional on your part? And does it safeguard you from ups and downs in the pen market? Um, no, it's not diversification. Uh, it's not intentional. It's fun doing something we like. Um, and it's so small. It doesn't safeguard us from anything. <laughs> our mm-hmm. market's the pen market. And I don't know. How about you? Yeah, I well, and I guess it's also how we look at what our products are. Like mm-hmm. while while our products complement uh, a pen, you know, a pen or stationary type of um, interest. Like I, I I don't know from my side with the Dudex stuff. It's like I I look at it as almost more of like a lifestyle or a design type product. And I know that mm-hmm. sounds kind of interesting because it's very functional uh, on purpose, but. It's like the idea that, um, you know, you could always have a, like, it's like I'm, I'm looking at it as more of an, an experience on the desk versus like what it serves sometimes at the same time. You know, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. um, so I, I don't think I've like, yeah, there's no intentional diversification there. Um, yeah. For one, from the practicality of pen manufacturing, you know, that would be like, I guess I'm, I'm like not trying to read into that question at all, but like, right. If we're either we're making pen accessories or things that complement pens or we're making pens and like making pens is definitely, <laughs> definitely a bit more involved than say like making pen related mm-hmm. stuffs. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. So Jason kind of takes this further, you know, the fad here to stay, the popularity stuff. Do you, look at it or think about it differently like i guess this is probably more for me do i look at this differently as someone who is all in on this market for their livelihood Mm -hmm. um you know when you put it that way it's like kind of scary but the funny thing is the person i am today is the person I've been my whole life. Like I've always been the stationary nerd and I've always been passionate about those things. And I've always been passionate about pens and paper. 
and now, you know, over the past many years, I found an outlet to talk about those things. Like, so the next progression was for me to do that for my job. Like, you know, it sounds silly that, you know, I had to go apply for my passport the other day. And the lady asked me, what do you do? I said, I'm self-employed. She said, can you be more specific? (laughs) 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 And that's a super hard question for me to answer, right? I can say, well, I'm a writer, a blogger, a podcaster, a manufacturer. It's like, but there's no one thing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we talk about, you know, all these, you know, analog making a comeback. The fact is I wouldn't be fortunate enough to do what I do every day if I didn't have this digital world that allowed me to spread that word that Mm -hmm. I've always had in me like so I don't fear being all in because I feel I'm doing what I'm supposed to do like what I've always supposed to been doing with my life so if for some reason that that craps out 10 years down the line well so be it but I never I certainly don't have any fear of it because I feel like I'm getting to express me Mm -hmm. and just do it and it feels right. So whether I am at the whims of a market, I don't really think of it that way, even though that's probably a super valid question. (laughs) And I like, I like that question a lot. Like that makes me really, really think that's a really good question. Like, are you all in on a fad? Like, I, you know, I didn't set up a beanie baby marketplace, right? (laughs) So it's a little bit different, (laughs) you know, I get to, I get to put, I get to put me into more things that I sell. You know, the pen addict is me. Knock is a piece of me. You know, I'm not reselling someone's else, someone else's stuff, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. And that's kind of like you are. I mean, you make the stuff you sell. Yeah. So. I thought that was a super, super interesting question. I appreciate that, Jason. And hopefully I will see you in LA in a couple months. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, that was um, awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. So Claire wants to know, and see, I said I wasn't going to say everyone's name in case I forgot them, and I've said it every single question so far. <laughs> <laughs> so Claire wants to know, what difficulties and snags have you both both faced as makers? Why don't you talk about that first? Yeah, well, um, it definitely like, well, for one, Dudek Modern Goods it, it kind of happened. I almost say it almost happened by accident. And it, uh, it, I've always been kind of a tinkerer, somebody that makes, makes things or likes to, likes to try and make things. And Dudek, Dudek Modern Goods really spawned as just like, um, from, from a need that I had for myself, you know, and like I decided to, to create my own solution and, um, you know, some like on a whim, like as something I did on a weekend, you know, like let's, let's create something for myself to use. And then, you know, now three and a half years later, it's turned into something much, much greater than I would have anticipated. You know, I, um, whilst Dudek Modern Goods and the Clicky Post are a big part of my, I would call it, you know, my career or my professional life. Oh, um, you know, you want to say brand, my brand, you know, <laughs> but, uh, I, uh, I, I have a day job, you know, mm-hmm. I work, uh, right. you know, I have a, I have a sort of a, a normal job that I work as my job job in small business, uh, sales and marketing software. And, you know, so it's like Dudek Modern Goods and the Clicky Post is something that, 
um, I do as like I would consider my second job, you know, and it definitely has turned into that. And I don't say that as a like a negative thing, you know, it's uh, it's is it challenging? Oh, yeah, you bet it is, you know, and um, when I when I first started the blog in the business, you know, uh, again, sort of by accident, I, you know, my wife and I, we only had one kid. <laughs> and now uh, you're going to think we're crazy, but like, you know, three and a half years into it, now we have three. So we have, you know, three little ones under the age of five that demand a lot of attention. And, um, you know, how do you balance all those things out? You know, and so as far as the challenges or the difficulties or the snags, my biggest ones have just been uh, space and time and, um, you know, trying to figure out how to man- how to how to manage all of those different hats that I have to wear, you know, as husband and dad and, and you know, breadwinner and like um, also blogger and business owner, you know, mm-hmm. and marketer and social media marketer and email writer, you know, like there's all those different things that sort of you wear. And uh, I don't, so that, that's been the biggest thing, you know, is is just being able to. <clears throat> I don't know. It's it feels like I'm I'm running pretty efficiently now, you know. But uh, yeah, it's definitely just I would say for me the hardest part has just been the production side of it and mixing that with kind of my day to day life and my responsibilities. That's a massive challenge. Yeah, like it's it's for real. And like when you start lists, listing off all the extra things besides making the stuff, mm-hmm. that's when I started giggling. It's like that that list was like five percent. <laughs> of it it's so much stuff yeah <laughs> other yep. than making of the stuff that's mm-hmm. that's like the biggest difficulty for me is just to not letting the small things slip right and because you, you let too many of those slip and they just they catch up to you and they just bite you and then then you have a bigger problem on your hands that's kind of been the uh, challenge for me um you know aside from the whole the whole scaling thing which is probably mm-hmm. an entire podcast on oh yeah own. oh yeah um you know that's that's a challenge and i know you and i have, have talked about that for sure um but yeah it's not it's letting that the small things not forgetting those small things because they're important they need to be done too and you can get yourself in a bind if you're not paying attention to like everything, which is mm-hmm. a really, really hard thing to do when you're in your case, a one person operation and in our case, a two person operation. Um, these are not large operations and there's lots of little things that, you know, can fall through the cracks and you just can't let that happen. So that's a tough, tough thing. So, um, well, this kind of leads into the next question. Um, so this is from Blair. He is my Sazerac dealer. Um, that that ink is uh, amazing and he <laughs> caused me all kinds of uh, problems with that. So he says, I'd love to hear from you and Mike about how you think about distributing responsibility in your businesses relative to scale and revenue. Does added scale provide sufficient benefits relative to the loss of hands-on control over each and every final project product? How did each of you come to the respective decisions for your businesses? Why don't you, uh, why don't you take that one? Cause it's probably a little different from you cause you're a one man show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this doesn't quite. Uh, well, it doesn't. This there's like anytime you're you're kind of as a as a small business, particularly when you're in the manufacturing realm, um, th- there is a sense of sort of control that you want over all your pieces because, like that experience on the tail end of it, you know, every time I I send out a piece, you know, with a handwritten note, 
uh, just quick note saying thank you. You know, it's like that's, you know, there, there's like a very personal connection to that piece because I made it, you know, mm-hmm. for, for that person. And uh, I have a certain ideas or certain thoughts of how it should be. And, you know, every piece that goes through through me is quality controlled of would I be comfortable having this piece on my own desk? You know, is there something about it that either I didn't I didn't do or, you know, and there's pieces that that all like I'll start over, you know, because something just isn't right on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as like I've I've had these thoughts about, well, in order for me to grow and scale Dudek Modern Goods in, in the lieu of all the things that I've just listed right and talked about before like that would require me to branch out and probably to scale or to include like we talked we were talking about <clears throat> you know that automated uh you know priority mail <laughs> mailer thing right yeah, like yeah is there is there a way that i could invest into some tools that would help uh with my scaling you know to where i'd still be hands-on but then also uh, maintain the level of quality and integrity of the heritage kind of of the brand that i'm trying to do you know, so it's uh, it, it is it is tough. You know. Um, anyway, for me, it's been a really really hard decision uh, for scaling, and I, I I haven't quite perfected it yet. You know, just because I, I I'm it's like there's some sense of debilitation be be behind the scaling aspect of it because there's so much that goes into it. You know, it's like it's almost yeah. like emotional. I'm gonna it's gonna sound weird, but it's like there's mm-hmm. an emotional aspect of uh, passing responsibility onto somebody else. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And and Jeff and I are going through this now. Like we were kind of like at a point where it was like scale or go home kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um it wasn't quite that stark, but it was getting there, but we just kind of had to. And we'd been working on it for a couple of years and were never satisfied with various things. It could be the the quality, it could be the price, it could be a million different things. Um we finally found a good partner to work with and it's super stressful to <laughs> have lost that hands on control. Um, like Blair's saying, it's lots more phone calls, <laughs> lots mm-hmm. more <laughs> agitation. It's not more, it's not me and Jeff going, we can't sew enough. It's me going, Oh my God, you need to fix this yesterday. Um, so it's different. Um, the benefits have been worth it so far. Um, we're very happy with the product. Um, we're very happy with being able to go to retail. Um, you know, so yeah, the, the benefits have been worth the loss of control, but Jeff and I wouldn't have it where we didn't have any control over the product. So no products, um, kind of like you, Mike, like, I couldn't send out a product unless I put my eyeballs on it mm-hmm. first to know what the customer's getting. So even though some of our cases are being outsourced here in the U.S. to another manufacturer, they all get shipped right back to the shop. Mm-hmm. So Jeff and I can inspect them because we would flip out if something weird got out there that we didn't expect to to happen. So that would that would freak me out completely. Yeah. So that's, that's totally a thing is I, I don't know that I'll ever be able to give up full hands on. Um, that'll be a very, very difficult thing for me to ever give up. Um, though, I mean, there'll be, if there's a point in time where I have to, then that's probably, we're in pretty good shape, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Um, you mentioned this a minute ago about gear, and uh, Theo had a question about gear. So it says, what are the dude's recommendations for entry-level equipment for someone getting started in woodworking? You know, what do you use? Um, what do you use around the shop? What kind of stuff do you have? Yeah, this is a this is kind of a tricky question because uh, it for one it depends on what you're wanting to do, like mm-hmm. the uh, just like how how you know fountain pens and um, you know cool writing instruments or notebooks or whatever it is, right? Like you can go down the rabbit hole of tools very very quickly, <laughs> and uh, so so it's always like you know you could always buy um, a new power tool. You can always figure out a way to justify one to either make the, the process more efficient or more clean or better. Um, you know, I think from like a, from like a pretty basic woodworking shop, you know, um, I don't know, like if you're, if you're doing woodworking, there's a good chance that you're going to need, um, like a, maybe a decent little chop saw, you know, is, uh, sometimes they're called a miter saw, you know, to where you're able to cut angles and cut, cut boards at length. You know, a good drill press, you know, is always kind of good. It just, it really depends on, on kind of what you're ultimately looking to make. Are you looking to make, uh, you know, cutting boards? Are you looking to make, you know, kitchen tables or mm. carpentry or cabinetry or something like that? Like, so it really just kind of, kind of depends on, on what you're, what you're looking for. So, um, yeah, I don't know, like a good, a good little saw or a drill press is always good to get your hands dirty i guess <laughs> <laughs> do, you, um, do you do you have a favorite piece of gear like you like you're in the shop you're like yeah yeah me and you we've we've uh we've had some time together and you know we like to hang out and you know i always love coming to talk to you like you know do you have a piece of gear like like that that you might talk to or might have a name for oh i, I cozy up to that drill press a lot man <laughs> i tell you like Late into the night, me and the drill press. Yeah, so it's yeah. It, well, and that that was one that I made a, a pretty decent investment into, and I could always like upgrade that to be something even bigger, you know. But um, when you're making pen hole holders, you got to drill lots of holes. Yes. So, yeah. Um, so that's a big fan of the drill press. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so what what are you doing oh, your yeah, market marking with out there? Like just standard pencils, carpenter pencils, what kind of stuff? You know, f- from a practicality standpoint, like I use the uh, uh, I use mechanical pencil and mm, I use a yeah. a Pentel Sharp. Okay. Yeah. And the it's classic. the yep, it's the turquoise point oh seven. Yeah, that would be the P two oh seven. That would be the one. Yep. Yeah. And the uh, all time, all time. I talk about Hall of Fame stationery. That's probably one that should be in it. It's, it's the best. Yeah. It's the best. Durable. Yeah, and they're like, like six bucks and they're amazing. Oh yeah. Well, I've tried to like from time to time. I've like pulled a pulled a Rotring six hundred out there, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, you know, it, it works in the wood shop, but like mm-hmm. there's all the little nooks and crannies of the knurling, and yeah. you know, and I'm just like this thing's going to get gummed up with sawdust and stuff. So it's like the sharps have just been my go-to for years and, uh, and they're just awesome. Yeah. Low, like low costs. They're super durable. They look, they look pretty vintage looking too. So they kind of have this cool retro vibe, but yeah, those are the pencils. That was one of my first, uh, steal it from my dad's office, uh, supplies was, Mm -hmm. was definitely the, the Pentel sharps. Like they used to stock those back when, um, stationary cabinets carried real stuff instead of this generic crap they carry these days all right so how uh have you been pulling any all-nighters during this holiday season what's the holiday season looking like for dudek modern goods been busy 
Oh man, it's been crazy. Yeah, so that's th- awesome. Th- yeah, thanks to everybody. You know, if you're if you're listening and you placed a holiday order or you've you've I guess ever placed an order, I really really appreciate it. the uh, The holidays tend to be really my craziest time. Probably close to like, I'd say like twenty percent of all the pieces I make out of a year wow. are ordered in the month of November. Usually like the last two to three weeks. You know, wow. and so it's it's uh it's been crazy. Yeah, so it's like. Um, 15, 16 hour days, you know, trying to, you know, do my job job and then go mm-hmm. home and like tonight after I'm done with the podcast, buddy, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to be out in the workshop getting stuff done. So you need to get uh, those little dudex spun up <laughs> and I'll give them a few more years and they will totally be my, my little grunt labors. No, that's right. But, uh, no, it's, it's been really, really good. Um, it's, it's been just, it's humbling, you know, anytime mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's that busy, you know, cause I just think like every time I'm doing a batch of pieces, like. This, these are people that are supporting my business and uh, mm-hmm. it's just great. It's really, it really awesome. great. It is awesome. What's, what's been your hot sellers? What's uh, what are you making the most of? Uh, well, I, with, uh, with like right now, there's kind of a, a couple newer ish pieces. Like I have the new one called the stationer, mm-hmm. which is, uh, I love that piece. You know, it yeah. took me a little while to bring it to market, but um, it's the larger kind of a, a five, a six size, you know, notebook stand, and then it's got pens in the front, so it's uh, it's just it's it's a bit it's a slightly bigger desk piece, you know, but uh, yep. it just serves the purpose perfectly. Like, and I actually have one of those on my own desk, you know, as far as um, just like that that design came about, and I'm like, yep, this is yeah. the one I need for my desk. It's gonna fit the <laughs> best. So that one, and then the uh, the series that allows you to have a little plant or succulent or cactus, yeah. those have been fun, you know. Um, going back to kind of one of the earlier questions about, you know, fountain pens specifically and like diversification. Like I would say that those pieces, the ones that are the planter ones are kind of my, my crossover. They're kind Mm -hmm. of outside of, you know, a pen, a a super pen nerd would, would maybe appreciate something like that just as a piece of desk art on their, on their own desk, but also a place to store, you know, their decent little pens and stuff. Exactly. But Yep, those ones are, are going pretty good. And then obviously some of the standard ones, you know, they, they definitely come in in mixes. Yeah. But any big any big uh any big new plans for twenty seventeen? It's probably hard to think about that in the, the heat of the holiday season, but uh have you put any thought into that yet? Nothing nothing yet, man. Yeah, um too busy. Too busy making yeah. stuff. Yep. But what I'm about sure on the blog? Some, um it, with the clicky post, like it's, uh, you know, for one, keeping up on it <laughs> with all the things going on. Um, you're, I would you're, say you're that, not very busy. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, I would say from a, from a priority standpoint, not, to, not that the clicky post doesn't get my attention, but, uh, it's definitely as more responsibilities have come in, it's become kind of maybe a release valve a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. it's one of those places that like, I try to post pretty consistently. Um, the last couple of weeks, you have to bear with me with the 16 hour days, you know, out in the shop. Oh my but, gosh. Um, it's like, it's, uh, I try to post, you know, about every 10 days or so on average, which is, uh, which is a pretty good rhythm for me. I can, I can fit that into my life and, um, I enjoy doing it still. I enjoy the photography side of it, but um, yeah, so with the clicky posts, just uh, I want to I want to try and pursue some kind of different types of posts than I've really done before. You know, like mm-hmm. ink ink reviews and um, you know maybe featuring other kind of small business products and stuff that just sort of fit within kind of that realm of it's not exactly pens, but it's like pen 
related things. Right. You right. Know? So find finding you know makers or craftspeople or small businesses that I can I can help showcase a little bit more. So um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Nothing nothing probably groundbreaking I would say, but uh, just keeping up on it. And thanks mm-hmm. for all the people that come and read and visit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I know the uh, small business stuff is a passion of yours and I appreciate your support uh, over all these years and uh, your shoulder to cry on when, when I need it, <laughs> 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 when I'm going, Oh my God, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, uh, you're awesome. So why don't you tell all of our listeners where they can find your awesomeness online? Well, thanks, man. Yeah, and thanks for thanks for having me. Definitely. So, oh, absolutely. It's been too long. Like we're an hour and a half into this, and we got it. I could probably pull another hour and a half out of my pocket, like real quick. Yeah, yeah. For the sake of for the sake of Mike's sanity, I'm sure we'll yes. cut it short. Yes. Um, no. So you can find me obviously the uh, clickypost.com or theclickypost.com. Oh, uh, Mike would love you for that. Yep. So I did do that because of Mike and uh, <laughs> dudekmoderngoods.com is my my shop, and then on Instagram is primarily where I am. Um, Instagram and Twitter for the blog is at clickypost, and then uh, on Instagram I'm also at dudekmoderngoods. Awesome. Well, it's been wonderful having you, Mike. Um, it's been far too long. We won't let it go this long next time, and uh, I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, you bet, man. Thanks. Yeah, so thanks to our sponsors this week, Harry Squarespace and Foot Cardigan. Uh, I'm Brad Dowdy. I write The Pen Addict. You can find me at penaddict.com, also thepenaddict.com. You can find uh, my work over at notco.com, N-O-C-K-C-O, and I'm on Twitter at Dowdyism, so definitely hit me up there, and we will see you next week. Uh, The other Mike will be back in the chair, I believe, but uh, if not, I bet I could come up with a uh, pretty good uh, guest again on short notice. So until then, say goodbye, Mike. Goodbye, Mike.